Sluts and Scholars, a podcast for professionals who prioritize pleasure. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Okay, slutty scholars who have partners, you hear me talk about this all the time, but great sex, great connection, and great relationships take work. This whole episode is about that. And even though I'm in this field, I still have to put in the work. But sometimes it's hard to do and we need some accountability from a support space. At least I know I do. Let me tell you about our sponsor, Couply, the app that helps couples to stay in their relationship by deepening understanding, improving connection, and creating magical moments. Check out the link in the show notes to learn more and download Couply today. Couply uses a variety of quizzes, questions, and games such as figuring out your love style to promote deeper understanding and give you additional tailored resources in your relationship that help you create the connection you want. My favorite part is it has daily check-ins that you and your partner can do. I especially like the how do we feel about our intimacy daily check-in. This is really great for folks who find it hard to bring this topic up because it normalizes just doing check-ins in general and it helps prompt you so you don't have to do it alone. And honestly, it just reminds you to consider important facets of your relationship because in our busy lives, it can be hard to remember all the things, even if they are important to us. They also have an awesome community feature with polls and comment features to hear what other folks are experiencing. Like I just saw one today about the decision to have kids or not. I love this community feature because it can help folks to feel normal and not alone. Normal for having struggles, normal for needing help and support in your relationship. So join me and over 400,000 people on Couply today to work on your relationship. Check out the link in the show notes to download Couply now. Sluts and Scholars is a podcast produced by Sluts and Scholars Media, LLC. It is a shame-free educational podcast made for your entertainment and informational desires only. The podcast, any opinions we share, and any resources, including social media and emails from us, are not therapy, medical care, or professional advice, and do not create a patient-client relationship. None of the information, opinions, suggestions, resources, or exercises mentioned in this podcast should be used without clearance from your healthcare provider. All opinions, information, and ideas expressed by the guests are solely their own. If you need emergency mental health or medical help, please call 911 or 988 or go to your nearest emergency center. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And this week, I am welcoming Brittany and Ryan Astafi. Oh, God, did I say it right? Astafi. It's fine. We'll take it. It sounds like we are like part of the Russian mob. I'm down for that. Hey, I'm not going to lie to you, Nicoletta. You already told me once how to say it, and then I'm like, fuck, right in the moment. Why do I say it? You say it. it We pronounce it Astafi, but it's actually, as a Ukrainian last name, Astafi. So you're not wrong. I'm going to break something with this. Let's let's just start going by that now. We can. (laughs) I am excited to welcome them. They are a married couple who have been together for over a decade and they host the podcast Laughing Couple. Um, They are an influential lifestyle creators and podcast hosts and their podcast is number one ranked. They have become trusted voices in discussing the challenges and joys of marriage, parenthood and relationships. And they also recently founded TEM, which is a modern sexual wellness and education company dedicated to transforming the way individuals and couples approach intimacy. And I'm super excited to have TEM as a sponsor uh, for our upcoming live show, Afternoon Delight. Uh, There's still maybe some tickets left, potentially not, um, but they're providing some epic goodie bags, uh, swag, so you don't want to miss it. Welcome, Brittany and Ryan. Ostafi. Ostafi. That was lovely. What a what an introduction. Thank That's you really so nice. much. As you're reading it, I'm like, that sounds accomplished. I know. I I'm like, that. who wrote that yeah. intro? Did yeah. we, yeah, did we write nice that? Work. Did we write that? Yeah. We well, didn't write that. Well, make sure you check out their podcast because I did an episode there as well. And they're also just um, hilarious and have a lot of awesome guests on. So, you know, to be honest, I haven't, I have talked about parenthood a bit on the podcast, but because I myself, am not a parent and I have to be honest, most of my sort of circle of close friends, um, are, are all, you know, in my field and none of them have children. Mm-hmm. 
all of the sex therapists and sex educators do not have children that I'm friends with, um, which is very interesting. Somebody needs to do a study on this, but I do love kids. I've worked with kids, but I haven't talked a lot about like parenthood and sexuality and parenthood and relationships. And so it's so interesting. I'm always curious because I've known for a long time that I, I didn't think I wanted kids. So I'm always really curious, when did you two know you wanted them and, and what made you to decide to create life? Uh, well, uh, well, I'll tell if you. If it we'll was a decision, with, sometimes it we'll, wasn't a decision. We'll start with the first question because the next one's a little heavy loaded. I knew that I wanted to be a father at 10. Um, wow. I've, I've always wanted to be a dad. My, my yeah. life goal outside of, you know, growing businesses and wealth and things along those lines was to be a father. I have an amazing father. Uh, I was very blessed to have an amazing father. Still am blessed to have an amazing father. He's still quite alive. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sorry, dad. (laughs) But uh, the relationship I had with my dad, I just knew I wanted to have with somebody. I wanted to create that same thing that my dad created for me. So I've known for a very long time that I wanted to be a dad. Oh, that's very Um, meaningful. Yeah, I think I've always known I wanted to be a mom. I just wasn't ready to be a mom when I was a mom. <laughs> like if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Thank we, you for uh, your honesty. I want to normalize honesty around parenthood because yeah. there is such a pressure for people to be like, oh, it's the best thing we ever did. And everything is great about it. You know, it's like this positive mm-hmm. lens as opposed to like it was trauma for us. Yeah, well, things. here we go. Yeah. Cause that's yeah. not what you're going to get here. No, it's not. Promise you that. <laughs> but we hate them. Yeah. yeah. Let's, um, no, I love our kids. Yeah. Let's just say like we, I am so obsessed with our kids and I can't see it any other way. Um, but when, like, because we've been together for quite some time, Ryan and I actually grew up across the street from one another. So we have been in each other's wow. lives in some capacity. Our families are friends, but we've dated other people. Um, well before we Pretty actually had sex with a lot of people before me. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> You mean that you weren't so the untrue. only? <laughs> so, Thank, so thankfully, no. Right. So finally, when we did officially get together, um, it was in my early twenties, and Ryan is three years older than me. And so we, when we did get together, we knew that this was our end game. Like we always knew that we were going to end up together, type thing in a weird way. Maybe I did. Ryan's looking at me like, "Fuck this bitch." Some Dawson's Creek <laughs> shit here. <laughs> so when we did get together, we knew it was going to happen. So. Um, let's condense this story. We moved in together quicker than we were anticipating. And because we were, we knew each other for so long, we thought everything was going to be like rainbows and sunshine. And we moved in together and we were like, quite literally, fuck you. We did not, we weren't compatible. Like it was, it didn't go well. Mm. And so, um, there was just a lot of little individual things that we both did to, that pissed each other off. And, um, in that time we were like, we got, well, we got pregnant. And it was unfortunate timing because we were probably in the most um, traumatic part of our relationship. Like we were Mm. not going to last. We literally were like, this is probably it. And then we found out we were pregnant. We knew December 31st was our last day together because we had planned a really extensive Halloween party and didn't want to ruin the party. But after the party, we knew we were going our separate ways. October. October. October We literally like, we'll throw this party and then we're like deuces. We're we're not going to continue this. And then October 1st, we found out we were pregnant. (laughs) And uh, Ryan his when I finally told him he said like oh my god I'm gonna be a dad and I'm on the floor and he was so happy and I'm on the floor and I'm crying and I'm like <laughs> I, I quote my life is fucking over <laughs> I entered Listen, that's the energy I entered in and, I was, and my response was I'm gonna be a dad which pissed me off even more because he had like the best response I, I okay I was 26 none of my friends had kids yeah I was I wanted certain things to line up. I wanted to have my career. I wanted yeah. to live in a house together. I wanted Better everything. Husband. <laughs> yeah. And it, it didn't go out. It didn't go that way. Yeah. So a lot of we people had, have that, you know, they, they set an right. agenda for themselves. And that wasn't how it was working out. So we had a couple, um, we had a week that was very straining on us and we made some decisions. And at the end of the day, we said, listen, we love each other so much. We are either going to have this baby and we're going to raise it together as a family, or we're going to have this baby and we'll, we will raise it separately as friends. So we decided like cut all of our bullshit this point on, we'll work on ourselves. And, and I know this sounds so lame, but like, it really was like, we put all of our other shit aside and focused on this and we got to know each other better and on a different level with almost like a clean slate that we fell back in love. I would say like mm-hmm. literally that at one point in that week, Ryan said to me, I was 
pregnant, like fully pregnant at this point, maybe not that week, a little bit later. And he said to me, I hate my life right now. And I was mm. like, well, I'm fucking pregnant. So we're going to have to figure this shit out. You did a, also, little, this, a little role swap. A hundred percent. And I, this also is not to say like, if your relationship's not going well, go have a baby. Cause highly don't recommend doing that. Um, it but worked it out for us. us. It worked yeah. out for us. It did. <laughs> It really worked because out for us. I think Nicola, the advice: thing- if there's ever an issue, just have a baby. Have a baby. Have a baby. Have a baby. You'll be fine. No, but, but I don't hear that it was the baby. I hear that you said we are going to like focus on us and our relationship and ourselves and like focus on figuring it out. So less like, oh, this baby will just magically be a magic yeah. wand fix. It Not was like we want to figure this out. So mm-hmm. let's put in the work to figure it out. And that was it. That was it entirely. That was it. And like I will say this: uh, before we found out we were pregnant. The one thing that I will say about Brittany and I is our entire relationship has always been at the core about love and respect. Mm -hmm. I've always loved and respected Brittany and Brittany has always loved and respected me. We never were disrespectful to each other. We just weren't getting along Mm -hmm. and that's all it came down to. And so when we made the decision, we've got six months before this child is brought into this world let's do the work. And I did, I went to, uh, yeah. I went to a course. It was a, it was a week long course. And, uh, the, the question was brought up in front of 200 other people. Like what's, what's not working in your life. And I said, my, my relationship's not working in my life and I'm about to have a baby. And they said, okay, no problem. And I gave them all the reasons why it wasn't working. And everyone in the, in the room in an echo chamber agreed that Brittany and I should split up. And then the coach said to me, which is the best thing that has ever happened to me. They said, okay, we already know you feel this way and you're going to feel this way until you don't feel this way, or you're going to make some actions around that. So for the next week, I invite you to do one thing differently. You already know the things you don't like about Brittany. So for one week only, just think and see and write down all of the things that she does for you that makes your life easier. Each day. Each day. And one thing each day. And that's what I did. And so what, because I spent that week focused on what she was doing that I liked, as opposed to what she was doing that I didn't like, it wasn't one thing a day. It started to be, well, I like this and I like this and I like this. And by the end of the week, I had this huge list of things that Brittany did to make my life easier. And I just looked and I said, where can I find someone who does this for me? This woman is beautiful and she's giving and she's she's supportive and here I am focused on all the stuff that she doesn't do that I don't like when I've never met someone who does all of these things like and I fell in love with Brittany in that week and I shared that with her um and it changed everything for us it literally changed everything I went into this place of gratitude as opposed to make wrong morality and the world just opened up for me. I don't know what it took for her to try to figure out. Well, I was like, oh, so but you're, what you're saying is I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the things but, he loves about you. Yeah, exactly. But, but ultimately at the end of the day, uh, our daughter did not change us. We changed us and, and had a daughter. Yeah. Mm. Um, and thank God we did because, you know, well, today we obviously we're on a podcast together and we talk about relationships and what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But we've added to our family. We now have Cooper, our uh, our youngest is a, a boy. And I just can't imagine my life without my kids. And I can't imagine my life without Brittany. And the idea that we were essentially a week away from not yeah. having this, I'm just like, Christ, the girl. thank whatever higher power there is. <laughs> thank you for the gift of Riley, our daughter, because it was the one thing that we needed to just shift and get out of our own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I hear that in some ways the relationship did end, right? It ended mm-hmm. in the permutation that it was. And, and sometimes did, yeah. like sometimes it has to be final ending, right? Like sometimes people ha- have to end things, but sometimes we have to end that form of the relationship. And that doesn't that mean there can't us. be like a new one created, but like you did, you did end it. You ended the way you were doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't, those people don't exist anymore for sure. And like, we talked about this on the podcast that you had, like we, we've been together now for 13 years and and there are multiple versions of us. We've grown separately. We've grown together, but the people we were are definitely not the people we are today. We have attributes obviously, but we've grown so much um, that you are dating a new version of your spouse probably every couple of years, depending on what you go through yeah. externally in life. So uh, was your life over? 
<laughs> yeah, spoiler that, alert. That, no. <laughs> that version of her, yes. Yeah, honestly, it was. And thank God, because I was unhappy. I was bartending at the time um, and ready to go to teacher's college. And um, I obviously, I, I worked and then I stopped bartending, had the baby, went to teacher's college, did all of those things. We got a house. But that life that I knew was was 100% over. And that's okay. Like, I think it gave me that extra push to just be like, and I'm done. Like, I'm done with this. I want to yeah. go over here with my life. But it it was just that little nudge. So, yeah, it was over. But I'm happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I want to normalize, too, that, like, I think... A lot of us were taught growing up that like it is the end of things, whether that's because we like saw our parents not be able to like manage their relationship or whatever, or for a variety of reasons, just like in our culture, you know, people uh, assign meanings to this. And so, um, you know, now 13 years in and you have kids, like, I am curious, like how you have maintained y'all's relationship. Like you have businesses together, um, you know, you're still married, like, how do you do it all? Cause like I, I see parents do it and I'm like, wow, hats off to you guys. Like I can barely parent myself. Like, how are you mm-hmm. doing, you know, how are you doing this? And so well, I, I, like, I understand when I'm working with clients and things who have kids and they're, they're like, yeah, we want to do the homework that you gave us about sex stuff, but like, there's no time. So like, how, how do you do it? Well, first of all, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's hard. It's also um, continuous. It's work. Yeah. And it's constant. It's hard without kids too. It's work. Yeah. And it's constant. You know, we talked about this on the podcast where we had interviewed you and you said that was the hardest thing about your relationship is that you're constantly putting the work in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing that um, that Brittany and I, and we discovered this by by starting this podcast and, and having these conversations with, uh, with brilliant people like yourself, we had one guest on and they framed it in a way and it's changed the way that we do everything. I think that we intuitively were doing it, but now we had a word to actually use to define it. Brittany and I are not in a relationship. We are we are in a creationship. Oh, I would say we are also in a creationship. <laughs> like we were also in a relationship. <laughs> we don't define. Yes, we are. We, we, that's that's how it works. We just don't do it together. Um, we don't look at like the relationship was what once was. The creationship is what is going to be. And Brittany and I have become, I would say, really successful in having hard conversations that lead to different outcomes. Um, rather than looking at inefficiencies as morality conversations, we look at them as inefficiencies and we look at them through the lens of, well, what do we want to do about that? Not like what actions can we take, but like what outcomes do we want? And then what outcomes can we, and then what actions can we take towards those outcomes? We're constantly looking at and discovering where we're at and where we want to go. Um, and to answer your question, Brittany can probably answer this better than I can. We do what's called a check-in, um, on a quarterly basis and it outlines these things, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a quarterly thing. It's like a, when things aren't going and flowing perfectly or the way that you want to, or there's tension or anything along those lines, it's a hard reset. Mm -hmm. And then it's a recreate. Uh, you want to go into that? Well, I mean, that, that's a whole other conversation, but to kind of keep it on track, I think to, we we really prioritize um, making sure that we're growing separately and we're also growing together because we work together and we see each and we both work from home in so many aspects. We're like around each other all the time. It's really easy to kind of like Ryan has his own businesses going on and so do I. And then we also have a new business that we're creating. But because we are growing parallel And a lot of couples, I think you would probably see this as well, like both couples, the trajectory of their success or their careers are are going up, but they are not necessarily meeting ever at a point. So we really Mm -hmm. try to make sure that we are doing something together and that's where the creationship comes into play. So for us, it looked like starting a podcast and then starting a business. And we're not saying like, well, you know what? Go start a podcast together. We're saying do something together that you both are invested in. That could literally be like remodeling part of your like bathroom. That could be joining a bowling league. That could be just something that you guys have separately outside of your different workspaces, outside outside of being a parent a hundred percent outside of a parent um and also having your own social circles we have a lot of like similar friends but i have my own girlfriends and ryan has his own friends and, and i don't like them <laughs> <laughs> 
he's just going. But yeah, I think dad joke. There's the there dad you joke. go. There it is. See, so that's how it happens. So yeah, I think it's just important. It's a it's an important continuous, constant conversation to always check in. And it doesn't mean something's not going right, but it just means you've got a lot of checking in to do. And it's just a, at the base of everything, communication. Yeah, and there's a big difference between inefficiencies and wrong. Mm-hmm. Like you can be inefficient and and still be going in the right direction. Um, That's a, you're such a businessman. I can tell. He really is. He really <laughs> you're is. like, it's not wrong. We just need to make it more efficient. Is our Q1 been efficient, babe? Mm-hmm. That's so and, true. And, and that's what we fight about because Ryan's a fixer. I'll be like, uh, I'm, I'm meeting with like an emotion. I'll be like, but I'm really sad. And he's like, well, let's unpack this. And I'm like, yeah. no, I just want you to be like, it's valid yes, it's that you're sad. sad. This so, whatever. Yeah, this is so in so many couples. So yeah, but... We're but aware it of sounds it, so like you're, you're, you're making the time to do these check-ins and that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're actually behind. So we are behind. this is uh, near the end of January and we were supposed to have it at the beginning of January in our calendars. But kids, man. Calendars have not allowed for it, but, and this is the conversation that we were having earlier. It's like, we knew we were going to have this conversation and yesterday we just weren't in the right mind frame to have it. And we, we said, listen, can we just park this for a day or two? And the answer is yes. Sidebar it. We know it's going to happen. We know we're going to be there. We're going to make the time for it. And sometimes it just, you have to be willing to be grace, have the grace to let your partner and like be in the mood that they're in sometimes. Oh um, yeah. And, and I, I, I try to encourage folks to like treat those check-in meetings or partner meetings like you would any other appointment, which is mm-hmm. like, like if we, ha- you know, we scheduled this podcast, right? If one of us had to reschedule, like ideally we'd be like, okay, well let's pick a new time. And so when possible, you know, I I like to encourage folks that I work with to like pick a new time because otherwise it can be easy to just be like, oh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, Mm. And I see this around sex stuff too, you know, because it's, it's just easy to have pleasure and connection time, just be like put to the last thing and kind of taken for granted. Um, Totally. All of us are guilty of that. I would say at some point or another. (laughs) Oh, without a doubt. Especially as a parent, like. Yeah. You talk about you haven't had the conversation as much as maybe you do because you are surrounded with friends who don't have kids. And, and you're talking about sex all the time. Yeah. Well, guess what happens when you have kids? The sex goes down. It just, it does because your time is allotted and separated to other things. And I think that we, as a parent, especially for a couple who's been together for so long, like you do, and we've had this conversation in length, but you have to schedule it. And it's not, it does, it's not as mechanical as it sounds, but you can schedule intimacy. It doesn't have to be sex, but you can schedule intimacy and whether that intimacy leads to end game, um, is it's, it's okay if it doesn't and it's okay if it does, but like you just, better if it does, (laughs) it's it's better if it does, but the intimacy (laughs) is important. Okay, slutty scholars who have partners, you hear me talk about this all the time, but great sex, great connection, and great relationships take work. This whole episode is about that. And even though I'm in this field, I still have to put in the work. But sometimes it's hard to do, and we need some accountability from a support space. At least I know I do. Let me tell you about our sponsor, Couply, the app that helps couples to stay in their relationship by deepening understanding, improving connection, and creating magical moments. Check out the link in the show notes to learn more and download Couply today. Couply uses a variety of quizzes, questions, and games such as figuring out your love style to promote deeper understanding and give you additional tailored resources in your relationship that help you create the connection you want. My favorite part is it has daily check-ins that you and your partner can do. I especially like the how do we feel about our intimacy daily check-in. This is really great for folks who find it hard to bring this topic up because it normalizes just doing check-ins in general and it helps prompt you so you don't have to do it alone. And honestly, it just reminds you to consider important facets of your relationship because in our busy lives, it can be hard to remember all the things, even if they are important to us. They also have an awesome community feature with polls and comment features to hear what other folks are experiencing. Like I just saw one today about the decision to have kids or not. I love this community feature because it can help folks to feel normal and not alone. Normal for having struggles, normal for needing help and support in your relationship. So join me and over 400,000 people on Couply today to work on your relationship. Check out the link in the show notes to download Couply now. This is the thing I like in a non-joking way talk about with like couples as well as, you know, there's 
Um, there's often one person who's more open to what I call like scheduled spontaneity and you're yeah. calling it like scheduled intimacy, right? Where it's like, okay, we don't have a goal. There can be other fun pleasure. And then often one, even though I know you're kind of joking, there's often one person in the relationship who's like, but it's not as good unless yeah. home run. And, and yeah. then there can be, there can be some, mm-hmm. uh, some feelings about that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, as much as you're willing to share, like, what were some of the shifts that you saw? So it was like with, with kids, you were like, okay, time, it's just harder time wise. I also am hearing like, you have so many life overlaps, right? Like yeah. kids work, whatever. And like, how do you kindle your attraction? And the reason I say kindle attraction is because I think a lot of people, um, sort of have this more black and white idea of attraction. And they're Mm -hmm. like, okay, you're either attracted or you're not. And that's usually in this mindset of what I call like the new relationship energy lust, right? Where you're like, oh, I'm excited about this person. It just is happening spontaneously. And then when I stop feeling attracted to them or when I have moments where I don't like what they're doing, wearing, looking, whatever, it means I'm unattracted. Mm -hmm. As opposed to attraction being this ever evolving muscle or fire or whatever that you have to keep putting effort into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it can be super easy when you're sharing that much life to be like, I see you every day. I, we fart on the couch together. We change poopy diapers together. Like that's mm-hmm. not us for most people. Mm-hmm. How do you, if at all, how do you um, kindle attraction? I think if I'm being completely transparent, it's shifted. I mean, when you first have your kids and you're a new, you're a new parent, specifically a mom, because I've never been a dad. Um, but for a mom, your body has changed. So your feelings are different because you have a new body. And so after, again, a new, a new relationship. Correct. Right. And so obviously in the first couple of years, it's hard because you are getting to know your body again, but also to be completely blunt, like you're fucking tired. Like you're so tired. Yeah. And I've used this, this, I mean, it's a term a lot of, a lot of women use, but at the end of the day, and I still experience it, but I'm touched out. Like my kids, I love them so much, but they are so like my son specific is so cuddly and he will yeah. jump on me. And like, yeah, you feel like when you're he was younger. Your own. Oh my God, I'm so overstimulated. And at the end of the day, I love, I love Ryan so much. And, and I, I appreciate his his love language is physical touch. And so he shows me that and then wants to hug me in. And we've had to have the conversation a couple of times. Get where, off where me. honestly, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. this has nothing to do with you, but like, I am so fucking touched out. Like I cannot yeah. right now. Right. And yeah. again, it comes back down to That's communication. Yeah. Um, but where we are, because we do work together and we have all of this crossover, it's hard, but it's intentional for us to take off our business hats, take off our parent hat, and be like, okay, this is us. Like we are now prioritizing us. And we are struggling with that this quarter because we, that's what we were fighting about recently where we haven't prioritized us and we put us on the back burner Mm -hmm. and something like sex is super important, but we know that we'll get to it. But then it compounds and you and Ryan and I get in these like little tiffs and these arguments because we haven't been intimate. And like, I know that that's the base and I can just be like, you're just being a dick because your dick misses me. (laughs) Not, maybe not that blunt, but like that is really when he becomes Great an asshole facts. because we just <laughs> haven't hashtag that <laughs> we haven't been able to connect. So it's it's just an intention thing, and we yeah. because we are so busy, we just need to be intentional about it um, and and schedule it. And it's not going to be black and white. You have yeah. a house full of everything and kids, yeah. and for us at the end of the night, sometimes it just like looks like me going up first and sending him a text message and being like quickie (laughs) like it's not it's not as romantic as it was when you first started because i'm like listen i'm gonna be asleep in quite some like very quickly so if you actually are able to come up for a quickie then like let's do it but sometimes it looks like that and sometimes it looks like something a little bit more dragged out but yeah you gotta have give and take you know it's funny because you you've now gotten britney's perspective on the change of her body and all those fun things and my perspective is uniquely different um, and wildly different than Britney's when it comes to that. I watched this woman that I loved and respect, respected and still do. I love <laughs> and respect my life. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I watched this woman become this woman that I, that I was physically, mentally, and emotionally attracted to, to this woman who carried the most important thing in my life carried them and, and, and created life that now 
I look at Brittany and I'm like, she sees her body change and I saw the, her body change, but I saw it in a way that made me way more connected to her. That made me want to be near her more frequently. Um, my attraction skyrocketed as a result of this gift that she gave me. I had this appreciation for her body in a way that I didn't appreciate it before. And so uh, here I am that I'm now more attracted to this woman than, than I've ever been in my entire life. And she feels unattractive. And it was very difficult for me in the early stages while she was going through these changes in her body and trying to rediscover who she was and rediscover this body. And it's not like she was ever going to go back to that body, but it's like going back to who she now is as a human. To your point, she'll never be the Britney pre-mom. She's now Britney and a mom. Mm -hmm. And she has to figure out who that is. Well, I didn't change. Like nothing about me changed physically, mentally, emotionally. Yes, I had more responsibilities, but I was me. Yes, I got fatter um, <laughs> and all that fun stuff. But like for me, meant I didn't go through those 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 actual mood changes, the the changes in in hormones. Uh, hormones. I never went through any of that. And so here I am looking at this woman being like, oh my God. And she's like, oh my God, I feel like this. And it was a really hard thing for us to try to reconnect and try to find yeah. that balance. Um, and when she's touched down, I haven't been touched all day. Mm. I've been working all day. The kids have been with her. Yeah. I, I, I now need that touch when I'm in work. The last thing that happens is people touch me um, at all. I'm fixing problems and fixing problems and fixing problems. And it's stress, it's stress, it's stress. And when I get home, all I ever want is to be touched and loved and appreciated in a yeah. way that I can't get during the day. Whereas during the day, that's all she's getting. And yeah. so it's really tough. And you have to have conversations that are tough and um, honest and, confronting. and honest. Yeah. yeah. We're still working on it. It's, mm -hmm. we don't have a winning formula mm -hmm. for yeah. this, but what we're discovering is that a, we're not alone and B, the more we have these conversations, the more likely it, it is that it's going to lead to outcomes that we both want yeah. for ourselves. But to me, that is the winning formula is that, Hey, we're both signing up for this. We're both willing and we both want to put in the work. Sometimes we fuck that up and then it, drops and then we get like a you know a check engine light popping up where it's like oh something isn't working oh that's that's interesting it's coinciding with the fact that we haven't done anything just us like that mm -hmm. makes sense guess so we gotta true. do that right like i think that is the winning recipe right it's not like okay if you follow these exact things this stuff isn't going to happen um sure there's things i think we can all do like proactively preventatively but um it's just a willingness mm -hmm. um to keep doing the work and i, I loved what you were saying I loved how you normalized the over being overtouched um, piece. And that's why I try to explain a lot of times to my clients is um, when, not just when they have kids, but a lot of people are just so attuned to the intention of a touch. Um, and so even if you're not like aware of it, um, Brittany, like when you can feel his hunger for something that he wants from you, mm -hmm. you feel it. And then a lot mm -hmm. of times I like see, you know, when people are feeling overtouched, they like bristle at that because they're like, I feel your hunger as mm -hmm. opposed to like, oh, let me touch you just for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Or like, let me touch you so I can give like you a foot massage or whatever. Like people can really tell the difference between what the intention of the touch is. Mm -hmm. um, and that's work that I have to do a lot with, with partners that I see in, in, um, in session is like, how do they show up with different kinds of touch and with different intentions to that touch because their partner can smell it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially well, Ryan, if they've had kids. Ryan goes, do you want a massage? It's code for, do you want to fuck after this massage? Like I know uh, that when he's like, you haven't had a long day. Yeah. Let me give you like, no, no pressure. Like doesn't have to lead to anything, but yeah. obviously it's like, there's fucking oils and it feels great. And he's like, what about a little, what about a little of this? And I'm like, sure. Little sure. finger in the bum. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyways. You know, the, the, yeah, the biggest thing for me, Nicolette, and, and this is, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a new parent and you're going through this, this is my no. perspective yeah. as a male. Um, the hardest thing for me is rejection. Nobody wants to be rejected. And there was a time in Brittany and I's life where I didn't get rejected. There yeah. was a time in our lives where she'd call me 
to have sex. And every time we got together, we had sex. And yeah. so the foundation of our relationship to a lot of, to a, to a certain degree was sex. And so you take care of your family, you provide for them, you look out for them, you, you do the things that you're at, your wife's asking you to do, you find her love language. And then you ask, Hey, do you want to have sex? And it's, I'm touched down or no, it doesn't work for me today. Or I've got a headache or I'm tired or not today, or I'm not in the mood, or I haven't had a shower or I don't feel clean or whatever the reason is, there's a long list of these things. But ultimately at the end of the day, for me, it feels like rejection and I'm not wanting to have sex. I do. I do love the feeling of sex, but what I'm looking for is connection. Mm -hmm. And sex yeah. to me is connection. And when I'm getting rejected against connection, I feel like we're not connected. So yeah, I do get a little angry and I do get a little sharp and I do get a little like, you're an ass. And I become like a, a version of myself that is like a bit of an ass. Um, and it's not because of sex. It's because of lack of connection. I, I like how you said that too, because this is, I think, an important key here is that I don't know how you feel, but I think in our culture, like most people who are like, you know, assigned male and, and identify that way are maybe not taught that there's other vulnerable ways to ask for connection or to, yeah. to, to express your feelings. Right. I think there's so much sort of pressure put on sex as like, okay, well, this is the place where I can feel loved and appreciated, where I can feel connected, where I can be vulnerable, where I can express myself to the point where it becomes like air. And then like you're saying, when it's rejecting, it's not just like, oh, I don't want to have sex with you, which can already be hurtful and, and sting and, and learning how to deal with disappointment is important, but it can feel like I'm being like deprived of, of everything. Um, and so I think something that I often help clients with is like, can you get to the underlying desire of what it is you're looking for? Right. Mm -hmm. So you're saying, oh, connection. Well, is it like, cause sometimes it's like, oh, I just want to, I just want to orgasm. Right. Like I just want that physical release. And then it's like, well, you could do that by yourself, I guess. Um, sometimes it's yeah, good. <laughs> sometimes yeah. it's like, I want connection and it's like, okay, well, if you said that to your partner, um, what other options do we have? Right. Can we find something else on the menu? Cause like if certain kind of sex is off the table, it's like, well, I'm feeling disconnected from you. Is there anything else on the menu that we can do for connection? Or mm -hmm. if it's like, oh, I just want to feel loved, validated, whatever is it? Okay. Can I ask for a compliment? Can I ask for some positive reinforcement? You know, but if we can get clear on what that underlying desire is, there's more likelihood you might be able to find a common a commonality on the menu mm -hmm. that's available that night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, let's do that, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, it's, it's interesting. And, and, um, you know, being on a podcast and having a community and listening to what the feedback that people get when we do. And we talked about this on the podcast with you. It's so strange that we have to normalize normal behavior. We mm -hmm. have to normalize a conversation that is happening in everyone's is everyone's dealing with this. The idea yeah. that we have to quote unquote normalize something that's normal is funny to me. Mm -hmm. And it's where we're at. And mm -hmm. hopefully at some point in time, it's not where we're at, but it is where we're at right now. And so Brittany and I have made a commitment to ourselves and to our community that we're going to be authentic on the podcast. We're going to have hard conversations. Our conversations we're hoping are going to lead to hard conversations that other people are going to have in their household. The yeah. idea that there's somebody else out there that's experiencing what you're experiencing gives you the right to say, Hey, that sounds like us. And hey, this is how they're dealing with it. Maybe we should do a little bit of that. And the conversation that we had with you is normalizing therapy around sex. There's there's relationship therapy and there's sex therapy. And you could have all of the boxes checked off and your relationship is beautiful and your sex isn't. And there's an opportunity to lean into therapy, to lean into coaching, and to lean into a professional to have the conversations that you're not equipped to have. And, you know, if anything, that's what I would say in 2024, we're, we're in the discovery stage of what does that look like? Where are we? Where do we, what do we want to be at? And you know, we had the privilege of talking to you earlier. And one of the things that you said is like in the 13 years that we've been together, there's been multiple versions of our relationship mm -hmm. and there's been the same sex or very similar sex. And maybe that works for us still. Maybe it doesn't work for us. So what's the conversation and where do we want to go with it? And that's yeah. what we had talked about this year is where do we want to take our pleasure this mm -hmm. year? 
Yeah. Which is a hard conversation for a lot of people to have, but it's a conversation yeah. that we're now having. Where do we want our pleasure to go in 2024? What does Any, it look like? Anything that was helpful to to bring that up. And then I want to talk about Tim a little bit, but anything that was helpful to bring that up with each other um, in a loving way. Um, because I know, as we talked about on your show, like it can be tough to be like, Hey, the way we've been doing this might not be working anymore. I have a new desire, a new interest, a new idea, like anything that was helpful to kind of talk about that and, and get on the same page of like, let's set some new pleasure goals. Well, I think one of the ones that you had mentioned too, um, is bring up a podcast or an article that you've seen and it just allows you to tiptoe into the water a little bit, but we are in the space of, we have the pleasure, pun intended, of talking about these topics every week. And mm-hmm. so they organically like, come up for us. A lot of people have been writing in about this topic. Um, I guess we got to cover <laughs> <Yeah>. it. hundred <laughs> percent. It's like my username. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think outside of our scenario, because it's not everyone, obviously, I think what you said, like bringing up a podcast or bringing up an article or a video that you saw in a setting that is not you're not rushed. So it's not right before you have to leave to drop the kids off. It's not, um, which Ryan has, we've talked about that. Like, don't ever bring up a serious conversation when we're trying to like get somewhere because your frustrations come out, but that's a whole other situation. Um, do it in a space that is, uh, an environment where there isn't pressure. There isn't an intention of an outcome. There isn't that like, like overwhelming feeling of like, Oh man, we have to have this serious conversation. Like maybe Mm -hmm. you guys are going out for a date night. If you have kids, maybe you're staying in, maybe you're intentionally having a glass of wine together. You're talking over an appetizer, whatever don't. And, and it could also be like, you're watching a Netflix show and be like, Hey, like this actually, can you pause it for a second, but have the intention there and, and be open with it and not um, directly putting it on your partner to be like, they're wrong for it. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe just having like more of a setting where you don't feel the pressure, which I think is key. And it is a continuous thing. Like we've had multiple conversations where it started out as something we like, I don't know if you mentioned it, maybe your intention was X, Y, Z, but then we had this like healthy conversation and it led over here, which then led to another conversation, right? Like, I don't know. That's helped us. The other thing is, and I, and I, I think for, for us, we've always grounded our conversations with an intentional outcome. And the intention is never to be hurtful. The intention is never to make the person wrong. And the, the intention is to never get in a fight. So when we feel hurt, when we feel attacked, when it feels like it's getting to a fight, we just reset and say, whoa, 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 whoa. that's not why we're having this conversation. And we're- it doesn't always work out that way. Like I'm, I'm reactionary. So are you. And sometimes you can like react and I have to reel myself and in you or take co- a second. You got to come back to the conversation. 100%. That's exactly what it is. It's going back to why were we having this conversation in the first place? But before we start the conversation, we establish what we call conditions of satisfaction. And we, we establish um, rules of engagement and intentionality. Here's why we're having this conversation. Here's the outcome that we're looking for. Now, how do we get there? We don't know. Let's dance in the conversation. But if the dance starts going to the left or starts going to the right, let's reset it in the intention of why we're having the conversation. And that's been probably the most helpful thing that we deal with because emotions are emotions and we do sit in those emotions and we do speak from those emotions. And sometimes when you're emotional, you're not clear Mm -hmm. in your communication. Yeah. And so how did this sort of um, develop into wanting to do TEM? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So TEM is uh, a beautiful project that we've been working on for the last year. Uh, Being on the podcast, as you know, you do get sponsorship opportunities. You do get companies that come to you um, and they try to they tend to go into the demographic that you're in. And because we're in the marriage and family and, and that space, it's it aligns really nicely for a lot of these novelty companies, pleasure products that come and say, Hey, listen, you're talking to our audience. And every single time these opportunities came our way and nothing against current state. Um, but every time these opportunities came our way, we, we rejected them, um, over and over and over and over again, we rejected them. And then one day, Brittany and I, I don't know if Brittany brought it up or I brought it up. We just said, why are we saying no? Why are we saying no to these novelty companies when this is the conversation we're having? We're talking about sex. We're talking about pleasure. We're talking about these things. Why is it we're saying no to current state novelty stores uh, and companies when their outcomes are the same outcomes that we're trying to do? And it was very clear to us when we decided to dive into it that 
current state is is hypersexualized. It's very pornographic, um, and it's very much about the outcome, which is the orgasm. And that just wasn't what we were actually talking about. What we were talking about is connection. What we were talking about was growth. What we were talking about is communication. What we were talking about is fulfillment and pleasure. And there's an orgasm at the end of it. And so when we started really looking into it, we said, there's just not a thing out there that really talks about that in a way that connects everything. And so we decided, well, we can either do nothing about it or we can do something about it. And we decided to start our company, which is called Tem, uh, website being lovetem.com. It launches soft launch, no pun intended, uh, February 7th. is a good dick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the whole idea here, Nicoletta, is that we wanted to bridge the gap from pleasure products and education. So there's this huge world of sexual health and wellness, which you're in, uh, which is a massive, massive business and a massive, massive world. And then there's this massive, massive world over here, which is sex toys and, and novelty products. And what we wanted to be able to do is we wanted to be able to say that you can take these educators and you can have conversations that you're probably not equipped to. And then you have the, what we call tools as opposed to toys. Yeah. I use that the can, same tools that, mm -hmm. that can bring you together, um, and utilizing these tools, um, for connection and for pleasure and to heighten one's understanding. And what we've trademarked is sex is human nature. Mm -hmm. So we talk about normalizing sex, normalizing taboo. The idea that we actually even say the word taboo when referring to something sexual is strange. Mm -hmm. What's taboo about being pleasured? What's taboo about being fulfilled? And the whole goal for us is we've got a daughter. She's nine realistically speaking in the next four, which is scary to think about in the yeah. next four to six years, she's going to start asking questions that she might not feel comfortable with us asking. And what does she have right now to go to? Where's the resources? Where's the tools? Where can she discover these things in a way that is educational, which is open to anybody, which is about the discovery as opposed to the destination and the reality of it is, is right now, I don't feel comfortable and I don't think Brittany feels comfortable with anything that's out there for my daughter to go discover. So we have a responsibility as parents to make sure that when my daughter and our daughter becomes of age to discover these things, that there's a place for her to do that. And that's where we believe Tem will live. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I, so would, I really like of... sex positive families. Have you checked them out? Mm -mm. No. Would recommend, but that's more right. like... Um, yeah, for, for young people to learn, but also for families, for caregivers and things like that. But, you know, Tem, Tem sounds different and it, it's interesting. I'm so glad you brought this up because I actually just did a panel the other week at the Vibe Expo and it was about marketing pleasure um, mm -hmm. from companies and brands. And one of the main things that, you know, they had a bunch of different people on the panel. Some were people in the marketing side and the strategy side. And then some of us were like educators and consultants. And so all the educators were talking about like more companies need to require having someone like us as an independent contractor and things like right. that to make sure that um, there's this educational component because not all bodies operate the same. A lot of people, you know, a lot of these toy companies, they like, they'll have like a, a little how to use this, but it's like pretty basic. And it sort mm -hmm. of assumes that people like have masturbated before, like know where their parts are. Right. Like it assumes a lot of things that a lot of people don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there, there is this gap between, I guess I would say there's an accessibility gap of like people feeling like they can do it. They can understand that it's, they're able to. And a lot of times I have clients who will like buy or purchase something and then it sits on their shelf because they're like afraid to take it off and what to do with it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you're, you're bridging that, that gap and um, yeah, definitely check out Tem. Um, how can people uh, stay tuned with what Tem is doing and follow your podcast and, and follow along on this, this journey? Go for it. Uh, well, Tim, uh, we're going to market, as I said, on the 7th. Uh, we're really excited to be part of your uh, production, um, Afternoon Delight, which is kind of our entry point into the marketplace. Um, we It's very difficult... Um, it's very difficult to live in a future fulfilled where we want Tem to be and where Tem is, there's a gap. Mm -hmm. um, and so to get ourselves in the marketplace and to establish where we want to be is to be part of the conversations that you're having, uh, what the educators are having. And so um, where you can follow us, uh, 
uh, on Instagram. We're, we're, we're love Tem, um, T E M E. And the funny thing about Tem, so people may ask what the word Tem is. So Tem is an abbreviation of the word, uh, je tem, which is my love, love. Uh, and in Spanish, Tem means fear, uh, which is funny because sex is some people see sex is fear and some people see sex as love. And we want to be the gap between those two, where you are in your journey and where you want to go on your journey. And so, um, you can follow us, uh, that, that Tem journey is going to be, um, heavily, uh, living on, uh, social media, uh, Instagram. Um, again, you can come to lovetem.com. There's going to be articles that are written from experts like yourselves. There's going to be e-learning module based, uh, platforms, um, from, you know, people like yourself. Uh, and then with respect to uh, the laughing couple, which is what Brittany and I are, are there's, well, you, you can tell that because you're the social media Instagrammer. Well, I mean, that's a separate space, but we'll obviously be talking about Tim on that space, but you can find us on Instagram at the laughing couple. I have a separate account, Britt Ostafi, but it's all pretty much around the same conversations. It's real life, it's parenthood, it's marriage, it's sex. Um, Tem is incorporated organically because it's literally what was missing in a space that we often visited. Um, even just going down to the basics, like when you come onto the website, it, it's, it's such an inclusive space. Like, Ryan talked about like the novelty spaces where it's very like heavily pornographic. It's very intimidating. Say a 11, 12 year old girl, 13 year old girl comes on and like someone says a vibrator, she doesn't know what that is. If you go to Tem, like there's no shame there. And it's not like, uh, it's not a lot. It's it's inclusive and it's healthy and it's normal. Like it's human nature. It is what it is. Um, and so the tools are there to help you connect in that intimacy in an inclusive space, wherever you are in your sex journey, whoever you are doing that with, whether it's solo, whether it's with another female, male, whatever, it is such an inclusive space that we're, that we're proud of. Um, so that if someone is coming to search, like it really will make people feel comfortable about a topic that should be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. And yeah, like, like they were saying, remember that, um, if you are joining us at uh, Afternoon Delight happening February 10th in LA and online, um, there's going to be some awesome offerings from Tim. So you don't want to miss it. Um, thank you both so much for joining. Again, listeners, if you want to follow what I'm doing, I'm on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars. You can listen anywhere you get your podcasts or at slutsandscholars.com. Please don't forget to rate and review. And thank you both so much for joining. Oh, our absolute pleasure. Us. Thank you for having us. Bye. Sluts and Scholars a podcast for professionals who prioritize pleasure. Sluts and Scholars is a podcast produced by Sluts and Scholars Media, LLC. It is a shame-free educational podcast made for your entertainment and informational desires only. The podcast, any opinions we share, and any resources, including social media and emails from us, are not therapy, medical care, or professional advice, and do not create a patient-client relationship. None of the information, opinions, suggestions, resources, or exercises mentioned in this podcast should be used without clearance from your healthcare provider. All opinions, information, and ideas expressed by the guests are solely their own. If you need emergency mental health or medical help, please call 911 or 988 or go to your nearest emergency center. We hope you enjoy the show.